Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Welcome everyone to uh, Word Up. It's lovely to be with you this evening and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, Ben's got his Father's Day cards proudly out on the table. I uh, hope you've had a great day with your dads. And um, as you can see, we were two, and now we are three. So welcome, Pastor Akin, uh, and we've got Ben back with us. Great to have you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and we, we we feel happy to be kind of close. We're both double jabbed, which is cool, isn't it? We are. Uh, yeah. Double jabbed. <laughs> yay, yay! And the restrictions will soon be lifted. Um, so that's fantastic. Yeah, welcome everyone. Welcome if you're live on Facebook, welcome live on YouTube, and welcome listening to the podcast. Uh, here we are, word up, we're going through the Gospel of Mark, we're on to chapter 10. And uh, yeah, we were having a, a gathering just a few nights ago. We were thinking about the shaking that's happening in the world. And I was reminded of, um, you know, the man whose house was built on the rock. When the shaking came, the house stood solid. Who was that man? He was the man who heard the word of God and did the word of God, followed it through, lived the word of God. Whereas uh, the other guy on the sand, he, he heard the word of God, but he didn't bring it to life. He didn't uh, put it into practice. So, you know, Word Up is about studying the word so we can live it, so we can live by it. And so... Uh, that's what we're about. God bless you. And here we go. We're going to pick up on uh, chapter 10. So I'll, as I normally do, read through. Um, we're going to read through till chapter 10 to verse uh, 45. And then we'll um, have a look at that. So here we go. Jesus then left that place, chapter 10, verse 1, and went into the region of Judea, and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate when they were in the house again, the disciple asked Jesus about this. The disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she, divorced, and if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. When Jesus saw this, People were bringing Jesus, little children to Jesus to have him touch them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Have I missed a verse there? 
because were, were they stopping the... Uh, uh, the disciples rebuked them. Yeah, and I beg your pardon. And the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we've left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do this for us. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, 
Let one of us sit on your right hand and the other on your left in glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptised with the baptism I'm baptised with. But to sit at my hand, to sit at my right or left is not a matter for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Great. Okay, well, that's quite a chunk to get through, but let's see how we get on. So um, we're picking it up. We're here. We're in the region of Judea across the Jordan. It says the crowds are coming. It says, as, as it was his custom, is teaching them. And then we get the Pharisees turn up again, as we see regularly. They're coming here not to ask honest questions that they want answers to, but it seems to test him. And in fact, it does say they tested him by asking this question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And so this issue of divorce and uh, he talked about what Moses com commanded. Ben, I'm going to hand over to you to start uh, bring this topic in. What, what's, um, what's your take on this discussion about divorce? Well, first off, I think I want to, want to say that, you know, there's some trepidation that we come to subjects like this. Um, uh, when we was doing Peter, I know we came to the whole doctrine of predestination and that kind of stuff. And we were like, oh, and now we've got this. Um, and I think it's important to say at first that we are looking at Jesus teaching uh, to uh, a Jewish culture. And, you know, they, they lived by the law. Um, they were quite, you know, the Pharisees were known for their rigidity to the law. Um, and Jesus is speaking into that culture and he's speaking into, into that time. That's not to say that anyway the law is kind of diminished um, mm. now because Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. Uh, and as New Testament Christians, um, that, that there are parts of the law, mainly the moral kind of behaviour parts of the law, that are still applicable to us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jesus uh, is there and the Pharisees have come, not because they want to know, uh, yeah. that if, you know, to come with a pure heart, uh, Matthew Henry says, is a good thing to not want to know these things and uh, or talk about these issues, but they've come to entrap him. They've yeah. come to kind of speak into a debate that was going on between uh, it, it, within the Ju 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 Judaism at the time. Um, there were two rabbis, Rabbi Hillel, um, and Rabbi Shammai and the Hillel uh, was of the school of uh, like a broad view that uh, you know well Moses said this so we can divorce it actually says in Matthew I can divorce is it lawful to divorce his wife for any cause for anything yeah and that was the broad view of the, <clears throat> the school of Hillel if you like but mm -hmm. then there was another Rabbi Shammai who had a, a narrow view that there was 
divorce for limited reasons. Mm-hmm. And although Jesus doesn't, he doesn't go, he doesn't go on one side or the other of these particular rabbis. He goes back to the word. He goes back to what Moses actually mm-hmm. said. Um, and it's important to do that. You know, there's lots of debates going on in Christianity, but you go back to the word, don't you? You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you go back to the root. Anyway, all that to uh, say that uh, the, the rabbis were, were interpreting um, the, the law of Moses. Uh, in Judaism, there's a, a, a thing called Midrash, which is interpretation or exegesis of, of Jewish law. Um, and there's, uh, I'm going to get into it now. Um, I'm doing Jewish Christian studies, by the way, so it's it's you know it's it's great that it's all tied up with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an interpretation, a school of interpretation called Halakha, which is interpretation of legal passages of the law, and Haggadah, which is the more commentary kind of side of of the the law. Um, and they were they were interpreting what Moses said, um, and what Moses actually was saying uh, wasn't a law; it was it was a kind of a concession to. To yeah. hard-hearted men, yeah. Um, yeah. he said, "When a man takes a wife and marries her, if he, if then he finds no favour in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, uh, and so on and so on, that she, you know, she she can't marry again, um, and uh, he, you know he can't marry again because it will bring sin into the land. Mm. They wanted a pure society. They were trying to establish." pure laws and uh, you know that women couldn't be just passed around mm-hmm. you know uh, as men wished um, yeah i i was reading talking about that particular you know incident incident there um instance even it, it was as i read more so that if the the either partner found out that there was some information came to light about yeah. the person's history that wasn't made known and they thought ah i'm, I'm trapped in this thing but i didn't know about this that was going on yeah. previously, they they there was a, a get out clause almost a certificate. It, it was, was yeah. 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 So it was rather it wasn't that uh, they 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 suddenly found oh I I'm not getting on with this person I don't like them and therefore I'm going to is, isn't that right? Did and you it, come yeah. across that? And didn't Joseph you know mm. the, the Mary's uh, yeah. husband you know she she was pregnant and he it, it was the issue that he had was like well this ties right into it you know she's slept with someone else. So I'm quite within what rights to. Yes. She she could have been stoned basically, that executed. Mm. But he, you know, he was an honourable man, uh, and he wanted to quietly divorce her, um, which he was, mm. you know, in the scheme of things, was yeah. quite right for him to do. But he was an honourable man, and mm-hmm. and uh, and of course the angel spoke to him and told him that this was of the Lord. This wasn't adultery. That mm. you know, this was yeah. of the Lord. Anyway, so the, you know, it was the Pharisees' interpretation, and they were manipulating what Moses said. I, I kind yes, of yes. see, um, and you know, they weren't giving the full thing. They were majoring on a minor. He he was saying, you know, if there was something like that, um, you could divorce your wife, um, and you know, that would be quite justifiable. Um, but you know, they were. It was a concession, you know, to to them, and they were saying, no, Moses said, I can. You know, divorce my wife for anything like burning my dinner, having bad breath, you know, just being an annoyance to me, I, I know, or falling in love with someone else. And this is what was going on. Yeah. And, he, and Jesus was speaking into that because he was he was elevating women. Yeah. Which which is a you know uh, in the in the culture of the time, obviously, 
reading into it, you know, women didn't have any rights. Uh, mm. The man were the member of the prominent things, and Jesus was elevating elevating women. Yeah, so he was kind of giving them their rights, recognizing them yeah. as, as as full human beings, and saying, "No, you will not treat them like this." Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 And uh, you know, they were they were majoring on a minor detail that was that was given as a concession. Um, in what they were doing you know the the jews that if you look through scripture there are certain uh um justifiable uh cases for divorce and and it's basically finding out something that you didn't know previously in the marriage is not what you thought it was um adultery um or in the new testament actually it talks about abandonment um uh between you know uh a wife that's a believer and uh uh, maybe a husband who's an unbeliever and can't stand his wife's faith. So um, it's in Corinthians 7, mm, uh, yeah. and, you know, he abandons her. And it's, Paul says, well, let it happen, because, you know, they're, they're, mm. they're not enslaved to, to unbelievers. But it's, it's an interesting, you know, uh, thing to see that the Pharisees, as they were doing, were saying, well, we're the, we're the religious establishment, we are the ones who interpret scripture mm -hmm. and Moses said this, so there it is. And Jesus is like, actually, he didn't, you know, that was just a concession. And this, you know, God himself in Jesus was saying, well, no, this is what I actually said and this is what I meant. Um, and, you know, that he's, he's putting them right. And of course, mm -hmm. that, that was like a stink in their nose to them because mm -hmm. they, he was a prominent teacher and they couldn't combat him yeah. uh, it, it, with his interpretation. Yeah. It, Jesus said it's because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this concession, as he said, to, yeah. to help you there. Now, here we go. Jesus, in his response, verse 6, how, how about, who shall I pass this one unto? But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Pastor Akin, what's your comment on God making them male and female? That seems to be the only two options I can see there. Were there any other options? There are. Um, there's no other options. So those Mayor. are the only options. <laughs> well, in, in all seriousness, you know, that, that's making it very clear there. The scripture says there's males and there's females. God made them male and female. There's, um, there's no other mention of any other um, formation, formulation, creation, Identity. Uh, identity in uh, in scripture and um, you know we we submit to the scriptures we submit to to God's word and um, yeah that's uh, that's the position of myself that's the position of the leadership of this church um, but yeah and going on to verse 7 for this reason a man will leave his father and mother to be united to his wife you've got this sort of leaving leaving the the kind of home of you, you know your your home yeah. to to make a new mm. um, family unit. So really important, I think. Does uh, would you like to comment on that at all, Pastor Akin? Yes, yes sir. Or, or well, anything else that you yes. want to pick up on on this subject? Absolutely. I think just just, just picking up on what, on what you just you mentioned there. I mean, it's like the, you know the, the Lord is quite you know again you know we said about the Pharisees coming to test him, but he doesn't just uh, he goes back to the to the to the, what Moses said. He's asking me was it was, was did Moses make that a law? Or was it a concession? And he goes further back to the beginning, to I think, to to bring the, the the hearts of the people back to the understanding that marriage 
is, is an institution that was established by God, not even by, by, by Moses or through the law of Moses, but yeah. God established yes. it right at the beginning with Adam and Eve. And yeah. so this is God's, it's God's idea. And if we want to be successful in it, we have to follow God's precepts and we have to follow God's commands in order to have, you know, to be successful in marriage. Yes. And the, the whole idea of divorce, that wasn't something, you know, when God brought Adam and Eve together, he didn't mention anything about divorce or about separation. His plan was for them to, the first man, the first woman, and like you've rightly said, male and female, first man, first woman, for them to be together for forever. That was yeah. God's plan. And this whole issue of, of separation and divorce, as the Lord has said, it, it's come because of the hardness of man's heart. And, um, you know, when, when men, uh, you know, and I was, I was reading some comments on that, and I used to think that you know, the hardness of heart was to deal with, was dealing with the, the offended person being unable to forgive the, the, the one who had offended them. But the, actually the commentary I was reading is that the, even the, the offender, actually it's, it's through hardness of heart that the offense, that original offense takes place when they begin to harden their heart against their spouse and think, oh, I don't like this person anymore. We're not getting, yeah. any, getting it anymore. And they begin to react in that manner. And so the hardness of heart, it comes from both parties, both the one who offends and as well as the, the person that's offended. But, but, but just coming back here, the Lord is coming, bringing the Pharisees back to the to the heart of the matter that he, that relationship that um, you know that he had with the Father that gave him that understanding that marriage came out of God's love for mankind for God's love for man and woman and that He's brought these principles in life. It's male, it's female, it's marriage, and it and it, that's this is God's plan. This is God's heart, and this is God's idea. This is the way that God wants things to take place. But all the other issues. This is this is when the you know, sinners come into the world and men begin to turn things and twist things and add things yeah. and that what's where that's where the complication has come from. Yeah, God's you know he's I, I, from this passage as well. I really kind of um, you could see how much God values marriage. Yeah, I really mm. saw that coming through yes, when yes. he he goes yes. back to the beginning mm. and, and says you know this is what it is. And in some of the older translations, it says. Um, a man will leave his father and mother, which is really a, a, a breaking of one family to form another, yeah. um, and cleave to his wife. And I, I love looking at words, as you know, cleave, cleave to his wife. And I looked up, you know, what, what does it, you know, I mean, and it, it literally means to glue or to cement mm. together. Um, and I, I kind of thought, wow, you know, that's a real. Uh, I love it when Paul talks about being fused to the message of the gospel. You know, he's absolutely tied to it. It reminded me of that. And you know, being that, you know, that's what God was saying: two become one. Yes, absolutely fused together. Mm. And in that sense, it would take great, great violence to to break that apart. You know, to break that that fusing together. Good. And that's what He says. It. You know, what where what therefore God has joined together, let not yeah. man separate. Um, mm. And even in Malachi, God says, uh, for the Lord God of Israel, I say that he hates divorce. Mm. He hates it. And the word is, you know, he, ha he hates it like an enemy. It's utterly odious to him. Um, and the word for divorce is sending away, casting out, divorcing, you know, ripping that thing apart that God has put together. You yeah, know, the yeah. most, you know, That's probably solid fusion yes. in, in the universe. That's amazing. I know? love that, Ben. You, you think <laughs> of that. I, I, yeah, I'm just, you know. 
taking in what you're talking about there. You imagine, you know, God has joined something. I join this together. It made me think of even the atoms and, and the way that, you know, they're joined, glued yeah. so hard together. And when we, in our sort of, you know, we've split the atom, the kind of destructive power that goes. Yeah. And you, you look at the, the destruction that happens when, when hearts, families are ripped apart and, yeah. and, Absolutely. Dare I say, you know, it's probably the root of much of the, the pain in society. A huge amount is, you know, through yeah. the, the ripping apart of, of, of families, of, of, of marriages. Um, yeah. yeah. Even, more, even more solid than, than, than an atom. Mm. Jesus says, it, 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 well, the Lord says in Malachi, he says, uh, about marriage, he says, did he not make them with a portion of the spirit in their union? You know, he's talking wow. about he put a portion of his spirit into the union of man, man and wife. Um, and, you know, the value of that, you know, it, yeah. it's it, it's the spirit, you know, it's the life. And one really lovely thing that I read in one of the commentaries that, that um, a child that comes out of a marriage is like a symbolic you, uh, representation of that union of one, two, yes. of two becoming one. You know, mm -hmm. I've got I've got two girls. You've got two girls and a boy. And yeah. The, uh, Pastor Aiken's got girls. two girls, and it's like you know that that there in our children is, is an absolute representation mm -hmm. of, of of the oneness of, of of two becoming one in in, mm. in your child, um, which I thought mm. was an awesome image. And and I think I I know we're we're sticking around on this a fair while, but I think it's very important, and it's coming. I, I even think the Holy Spirit is bringing up the, mm. the, the actual key keys here. If you think of what we're talking about, the sanctity of the marriage bond, the family unit, you know, the, the, the problems that come when they are broken. Now, thankfully, we have a God who is a God of mercy, a God who redeems, a God who mends and, and brings back together and, and heals the hurts of a broken world. So, mm. so we, we understand that. But yeah, we're looking at the seriousness that God thinks about marriage, about the family unit, about you know, loving one another, faithfulness, um, mm. the effects on, on the whole of marriage. And if you, you, you apply that as well to the attacks on the family unit, the marriage unit, and, and what God has joined together that come in the present culture, you know, and it's it's a growing attack. It's, it's come over recent decades. It's got stronger and stronger and stronger uh, to, the, to, to the point where, you know, um, if you even talk about these things, you are sort of pushing against forces, you know, in, in the... In, 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 in and around us that, that that could bring the law against you and all sorts of things and it, but sorry yeah no please and yeah, it, i think to, it's very important to me it raises up the standard you know i when we started this i really want to emphasize you know the, the grace element you know these are a biblical kingdom principles that christians are meant to live by mm. but you know life isn't simple is it life yeah. isn't easy <laughs> And, you know, there, there are all sorts of situations out there and, and people have come to the Lord having gone through, you know, terrible things. I mean, my, my own family growing up was broken and, you know, uh, the, the violence of that, you know, I've definitely yeah. experienced. And, um, you know, coming, coming into the kingdom, you know, there, there is grace, there is mercy, there's reconciliation. Um, mm. But for the believer, you know, for two Christians 
um, to come together in a marriage. When, when me and my wife Jay got married, married, I never forget my, my auntie who's a Christian. She was overjoyed she, and she said to us, there is, you know, two Christians coming together in marriage is a, an amazing, wonderful thing. It's a witness to the Lord. And that's right, you know, for two Bible-believing Christians who've walked with the Lord through their, their teen years and their early 20s to come together and, and, and you know, fuse that in a union of marriage is, is an awesome thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I testify to that. Therefore, when Christians come together in marriage, you know, it's a witness and it's it's not something to be entered into lightly um, because, you know, as we've said, the, the Lord pours his spirit into, into that union. Mm. The Lord brings it together and, you know, the children are the embodiment of that, the, the intertwining of lives uh, and the witness. And, you know, Christians do get divorced. Um, mm. And, you know, like I say, life isn't simple. But God, because Christians are human, Christians exactly can right. still yeah. be broken. We're all being yeah. sanctified, yeah. And, and, aren't we? And, you know, need the, the grace and mercy of God always. We're but, all being uh, sanctified yes. on a yeah. journey. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to, you know, to say that uh, yeah. there is a standard for Christians and there is a witness and there is consequence. Yeah. You know, the last thing you ever do, you know, is, is to, to divorce as a Christian. You stay together. You stay together. You know, you, you work on it. You pray. You you. you you do all you can to keep that that sacred union together. Um, I'm getting on my high horse now. Aren't I? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but there, there is grace from God available. There is power yes. to help you through the difficult times. All of us go through challenges, Amen. but God, you know, He loves marriage so much is so precious to him that he will help us through if we will just and the good thing is that's why it's so important to in fact be equally yoked with another christian because both of you are committed to the idea committed to god and you're both going for that grace and strength from god to glue you together and he's the one that keeps you together and grows your love together anyway we uh, we could go on but uh, <laughs> Reckon, did you want to add anything to this? Yes, just, just, just one quick, Please. just, just as, while we're on the, while we're on this issue, yes. I just thought, you know, it's, it's just important again, just to, just to remind ourselves, especially as Christians, I just want to, you know, in as much as we know, this is, this can be a very challenging topic, you know, with God, it doesn't have to be so challenging. And, um, you know, Pastor Ian mentioned grace there, and it's, and it's, I think it's, it's important that we've emphasized that those of us who are married for whatever length of time we have been married, it is really God's grace. But also, I just want to, you know, at the beginning, Ben highlighted the, you know, the populist uh, views, religious views at the time between those two rabbis. And uh, for, for me, that's it's a, it's a warning for us as Christians that we shouldn't follow populist views. That because the Lord didn't, as, as Penn rightly said, the Lord didn't say, yeah, this rabbi is right or that rabbi is, is wrong or this and that. He went to the, to, to the word of God. You know, he went to the truth. And it's always important that as believers, you know, and, and in this area of marriage or, or the area of our life, that you know, when we're facing challenges, because we will face challenges. In the past, we mentioned the, the man who built his house on the rock. And that rock is the word of God. That when we face challenges in our marriages, rather than go to populist views or people's ideas or people's opinions let's be encouraged to come back to the word of god let's look for people who we know like-minded people who know the word of god who love the word of god who love the lord let's go to them for counsel let's try and build on this rock of the word when it comes to our marriages so that that's what the lord did here so he said i don't care about this rabbi or that rabbi 
go to the word. This is what yes, God is saying. Let's yes, stick with that. This word of God is helping us. And on that, um, here's a nice little pointer from the word of God to help you in your marriage. If you're thinking of getting married, if you've just got married, it says there and mentioned it earlier. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, as Ben was talking about, and cleave to his wife. And same with the, uh, the the woman will leave her mother and father and cleave to her husband. And uh, I, I can think of, you know, when, when Rachel and I got married and, um, you know, her, her family so close and uh, Christians and so excited. And remember her mum said, oh, wonderful, wonderful. You're going to live with us, you know, and we've got to, oh, we found a house for you. It's just around the corner and da, 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 da. You know, <laughs> it was like her mum, you know, Rachel won't mind me saying this. Her mum, for all good reasons, you know, and she was, Rachel was so precious to her, of course, and mum and dad. And, and, and suddenly the life was being, you know, organised in kind of Rachel's family for me to almost go to them. And 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 I knew by, by the Holy Spirit and even one or two friends said, ah, you know, Ian, this isn't right. Something's not right. You're going to have to say to Rachel that, you know, no, we're not going back to your, your hometown. It was Ashford. We're not going to that house around the corner from your parents sort of thing. And it was, it was a big moment, you know, it was, and of course, Rachel, and, and, and she very quickly saw, bless her, if you're listening, darling, you were very gracious, but, you know, we had help. And, and it was right, though. It, it enabled us to just form our own unit and, and just be known one to another and form our own ways, our own family, our own. Whereas otherwise I could have been sucked into that. I could have just found it very frustrating and difficult. And I've even noticed, you know, in other sort of in-law connections and relationships, you do have to be careful. But dear friends, remember that leaving and cleaving and be your own family. It's in the word of God. And, and that's what Pastor Akin was saying. Hey, the keys are in here. He came home in the end, Pastor Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she got away in the end. Here I am back in Ashford. <laughs> no, but we were fully established by then. Absolutely. Great. Uh, shall we move on from the divorce and marriage? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's really good though. Well done. And um, I know there's a lot more we can say about it. Then we go on to uh, verse 13, again, bringing the children to have, you know, people were bringing the children. You imagine the families, oh, we must get our child to come. You know, if Jesus touches them, they'll be blessed. And the disciples were stopping them, you know, haste, you know, and, and, and it says that uh, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And, and if you look up that word indignant, you know, it's, um, it's really quite... Um, uh, it's it's a, a real displeasure and, and kind of quite a, <laughs> an intense anger feeling, if you know what I mean. Um, it, 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 he was really didn't like it. He was really angry about it and, um, and, and you know, stop them from stopping the children come to him. So uh, he says, let them come to me. And even in the last chapter, I think last time we were together, Pastor Akin, he was referring again to being like little children, letting the mm -hmm. children come and receiving the children, ministering to the children. And we talked about that. He says here, do not hinder them for, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So what does he mean by, you know, such as these? The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I mean, is it that when we get to heaven, it's all going to be just a load of little kids running around? 
I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm being, you know, provocative there. But come on, what does Jesus mean by the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? Well, I, I mean, it's uh, he he's taking the example of children uh, mm. and, you know, reading David Paulson's commentary. He, he makes the point that uh, children have, have open hands and open hearts to, to everything. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's a good thing. It's a good yeah. way to be is, you know, because uh, you, as a child, you've got no, um, th th there's no kind of uh, ulterior motive, no kind of uh, guile, if guile, you like. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, it's real, you're just open to, to what's there. Yeah. And I think about, you know, when I, um, when I came to the church, I really, uh, I, I, I tried to come like that because I've read the scriptures. And I, I came to Bright City Ashford Christian Fellowship at the time, and we were doing a, we were praying for a big evangelistic uh, event, and uh, we're having prayer meetings. And I walked into this this thing just becoming a new Christian, and there were people praying with power, and we were facing the north, south, the east, and the west. Yeah. There were people blowing shofars. <laughs> I never forget uh, Joe Kavanagh, if you're watching. I was in a, a front room, a really small room. And uh, we had our eyes closed and we were praying and, and he blew his shofar in his tiny little room and it was like, whoa! <laughs> and, uh, you know, all this stuff was going on. You know, people were anointing people with oil. And this was all new to me. Um, and, you know, speaking How did you tongues, cope with it? I just accepted it. Yeah, I really yeah. just came like a child. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, it was later on when I'd, I'd been influenced by um, different people to say, oh, you know, to be extreme, you know, that kind yeah, of, of thing, and <laughs> put, put the, these kind of breaks on. Um, mm. And I can say that that wasn't, uh, that didn't add to my, that took away from me. Yes, um, got you, yeah. But to come, to come as a child, I mean, I, mm, yeah. I, I don't know how I come across as a person, but I don't, you know, I don't tend to kind of express myself apart from in worship in, in exuberant kind of, of ways. Or maybe I do in later years, but um, you know, having having been to all sorts of churches, faith camp, Brown the Brownsville revival in the mid nineties, and seeing all sorts of stuff going off, but it was just, you know, I I, I kind of just learned to appreciate it mm -hmm. and learn to see the symbolism in people's freedom, yeah, and um, you know, it, it, uh, even in some ways experiencing it myself through watching the example of how people. Mm -hmm respond to the Lord, like children, you know, yes. dancing I, I before that. the Lord, you know. Yes, yeah, that sort of innocent, open, non-cynical attitude and approach. Pastor Akin, uh, what, what yeah, so the, just Yeah, absolutely, just, just, just exactly what Ben is saying, um, not coming to, you know, the thing, and he's talking about the kingdom of God here, so he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the things of the kingdom, because we, I think sometimes we think we know more than we, <laughs> than we actually do. And uh, I think that in, in one sense, you can see that the Lord contrasted with, with the Pharisees always coming. They've always coming to test him with what they think is how the law is and what Moses meant when he said this and when he said that. And uh, I think Ben's illustration there is it's just perfect. That's, there are times when it comes to the things of the kingdom where you just come with it with a, with a childlike if, if acceptance of the, the things that you don't fully understand. And um, you know, the comment that I was reading was making the distinction between childlike and being childish. He said he's not, he's not asking us to be childish, you know, throwing tantrums and, you know, never <laughs> not following instructions, that side of being a child, yeah. being childlike in that, like you said, the openness, not coming with preconceived ideas. 
you know, like, like Bella said before, you know, we've had uh, moves of God in the past where things have happened and you thought to yourself, hmm, I'm not too sure about this. You know, you've got those preconceived ideas of, of how you think things should happen, how you think, you know, God should, um, you know, uh, intervene in the things yes. of, 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 the, yeah. of the church and how you think God should do yeah. things. And he doesn't always do things, as we know from the reading the scripture, he doesn't always do things the way that man expects him to do things. So, but it's, it's just like having that, um, you know, like you said, the, the openness yeah. to receive. And one of the things that I think we, we learn sometimes that when, even when people say or do things that you might not always understand, as long as they're not contrary to the scriptures, I mean, obviously not contrary to the scriptures, that is, the, it, it's like what Ben said there, it, it, it happens quite a lot where people, they kind of like put the brakes on your faith. And when you are sharing something with them and they think, or maybe because they haven't experienced that before, they haven't seen it or heard of that before, they, they, they kind of like make statements that make you think, oh, maybe I should, you know, and, that, and that's where the pre preconceived yeah. ideas come in. And then when we lose that childlike acceptance yes. of things and we begin to begin to analyze things yeah. over time, oh, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. And that, as Ben said, that, that can hinder our faith sometimes. Yes. We, I mean, sometimes we don't always, we don't always realize it when mm. people say these things. It's almost like the Lord, maybe they're, sorry, not the Lord, but it's almost like Satan coming to, Adam and Eve and said, well, did, did the Lord say that? Did he say that? Is that what he said? Is that what yeah. he meant? And it holds back. We stop, we stop them receiving from God. It does, so yeah. it's, um, yes, you know, it, we, we, it, I think it's a good thing to ask God for this uh, childlike um, ability to receive. It reminds me of the phrase in Hebrews is repeated time and time again. Do not let your hearts be hardened. You know, yes. do not let your, there can come a hardening and, and it's, and brings unbelief as well, isn't it? And that's yeah. almost like the the opposite of the childlike faith of just being open, innocent, receptive. But you you're hardening in some way. And um, I I was thinking of when you're born again. You know, you can be born again in your twenties, thirties. I was born again at twenty four. How old were you, Ben? You nineteen. Nineteen. Do you remember how old you were, Pastor Akin, when you were born again? 25, I think that's about 25. remember 25. Yeah, yeah 25. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'd, um, okay, I was a 24, you know, and, and been a laddo and was, was cynical, you know, and, and all the rest of it. And yet Jesus gave me, you know, when I was reborn it, with a childlike faith and, and he gave me the gift of innocence, the gift of righteousness. You know, I, as I accepted it, I became sort of innocent again in many ways. And, and actually, I've, I've had to be careful not to become over the years, you know, going a hardened kind of cynical road. Yes. And, and so how can we stop ourselves, yes. you know, becoming non-childlike, becoming hardened by unbelief? I wonder what, what kind of, um, you know, uh, how can we keep our hearts soft and, and, and protect from becoming hard of hearts? What would you say? I think it's just being open. I was just thinking of, um, I mean, I, I said that over over time, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't go through the exuberant, tingly experiences, but, or I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, you know, uh, express myself in, in certain ways that some more exuberant people do, but that's not, that's not to say that I'm not open to the Lord. And I think it, that attitude of, of kind of just, uh, being yourself, you know, you don't really you know, not called to be false people, but being like you said, children, open hands, open hearts. Mm. And I <coughs> think of a, an example, and I, I may have shared this before, but I went to um, faith camp, Kingdom Faith, and I've been going for a number of years, and you know, they have long times of worship. And you know, I've been a Christian for a, a good while, uh, and you kind of think that you, you, you've maybe seen it all, you've experienced it all. 
and you know you you're faithful you know you're not disappointed with your faith but you think well like you know that maybe uh you know there's nothing new that, that can happen I, I don't know if i expressing that in the right way but this is what happened to me anyway i was in a long time of worship and i was worshiping um and i tangibly felt the presence of the Lord come upon me uh, in in a way that I'd heard people talk about mm. um, that I hadn't experienced. And I had a warmth come from the top of my head to the toes of my feet and all I could do was raise my hands in worship. And it was a real, it was a, a real experience of the Holy Spirit filling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that hadn't happened. I, I believe I was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was speaking tongues and, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, you know, things happen in my life. But to have... Uh, a tangible mm. feeling like that happened to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'd always heard people talk about it and it was nice for them. But to to maintain that kind of open hand, open heart thing, even when God doesn't do anything, even when you don't see maybe some of the things you see happening in other people, but to carry on and say, okay, Lord, you know, that's great for them and I, I, I see that, but it's not happened to me. But if you want to do it for me, then, then go for it. You know, I hope I'll come before you, Father, and I opened yes. my hand, opened my heart for it. And that's the place I, I was in. Uh, uh, and yeah. I believe God honours that in all of us. You know, if you're just open to him giving you a touch, giving you um, an experience that you may have not had before, um, mm. that's that's the way to maintain yeah. your heart, isn't it? Open yeah. hands, open mm. hearts. Like a childlike yeah. trust. Um, yes. Like a child yes. with their parents. And I think, uh, mm. Paul, thanks for that comment, Paul. Uh, relating it to you know how he related to his dad when he was a, a little boy and it, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very good illustration and that's it's a, a, it's a absolutely good it's a dependence uh, pastor isn't it? it's, it's yeah. a dependence isn't it is that is that never getting to the place where you think i'm a grown-up now and i don't need god anymore always yeah. having that childlike dependence on god that's how you we can yes, say that yes. yes complete dependence <laughs> complete trust um you know and and yeah well, we've come to the end of our time. We <laughs> Ben has put the brakes on like we well, thought it would. <laughs> no, no, we're not blaming you, Ben, at all. Um, we had some great stuff that we needed to look at a bit uh, a bit deeper. And actually, I like it. I like I, I like the way that we can discuss with the three of us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, listening in. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, let's pray and just finish off in prayer. And then we'll end today's session. Lord, we thank you that, um, yes, indeed, you are our dad, our heavenly father. And I pray that you'd help all of us, help us three and everyone connected, listening, to have that childlike faith and trust Mm. in you, rest in you. Lord, soften our hearts where we've become in any way hardened or cynical to the things of the kingdom, Mm. the things of God. We want to be soft and open again have your way we ask in jesus name amen amen thanks everyone amen. well thanks ben. it's great to have you back and uh, yes. <laughs> thanks pastor Akin. god bless everyone thank god you bless. good night everyone bye, bye.